Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I've got Coach Lauren Ensley with me. Coach Ensley uh, most recently is the uh, assistant coach, uh, one of the assistant line, offensive line coaches at the University of South Dakota. Uh, very recently hired. Uh, before that, he spent time as the offensive line tight end coach and offensive coordinator at Dakota Wesleyan University, uh, offensive line coach at Eastern Oregon University, and head football coach at Lake Roosevelt High School. Coach, how's it going today? Going well, man. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good, as best as we can do during these times. So uh, getting, getting to talk to some coaches is always a good time. Oh, yeah. A lot of collaboration going on right now. It's, it's been pretty good as far as that goes, as far as all the Zoom meetings and clinics that are going on right now. It's been good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we'll get right into it, Coach. First question I've got for you, and you've, you've been around, obviously, for, for quite a few years coaching football uh, with some really good teams and, and some record-breaking teams. Uh, how important was the offensive line to, to, those, uh, to the success of those teams? Man, uh, offense, I mean, you know offensive line is really at the heart of every offense. Um, it's really difficult to have a successful offense without an offensive line. Those guys get it done up front. No matter what scheme you run, air raid, power, it doesn't matter. You need those guys to perform up front in order to have those successes. And, you know, we've been able to have some pretty good old lines, um, the teams that I've coached at. Right. That, yeah, I, I was looking at, at some of your uh, – you sent me over a bio and some of the numbers on there are just kind of astounding, you know, the, the things that you guys were able to do. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, you know, that kind of leads me to my first question. And, and, and you spent some time as um, uh, obviously a, an offensive coordinator and a run game coordinator and, and doing some, some different things like that. What was, how was that transition and, and sort of what, what roles were you asked to do let, let's let's start this way. What roles were you asked as as the run game coordinator, and and how was that transition into uh, full time offensive coordinator? Yeah, you know, at Eastern Oregon, um, I played at Eastern Oregon, so it was a great transition. I was going from being a high school coach to working over there with a guy that I have a lot of respect for, uh, Tyler Powpow, who's actually the tight ends coach at University of South Dakota right now. Mm-hmm. So he was the OC at Eastern Oregon, and that was my first step into the college coaching world and he did a great job just mentoring um, me and the other assistants on offense and kind of giving us our specific roles and I think that's one of the best things we did at Eastern Oregon is everyone was responsible for different areas of the um, game you know obviously I did a lot of the run game which entailed a lot of the red zone short yardage heavy personnel packages things like that Um, I was able to really specialize in, in on 
at Eastern Oregon. And then when I made, as that was going on, I was still trying to learn in the background of the passing game and all that. I, was, I played O-line, so it's not like as a player, I had a ton of experience learning different schemes as far as passing concepts and things like that and what right. receivers and quarterbacks were doing. So I was trying to learn as that was going on. And um, then, you know, obviously as the offense coordinator, now you're in that role and now you're the one mentoring and helping the assistant offensive coaches with you. Um, you're in charge of everything, you know, and it's, it's way, it was way different from going from, Hey, I have this group of old linemen to, Hey, I'm responsible for this entire side of the ball. Right. And what that means, you know, and having quarterback meetings now and just taking care of all those things. And, you know, at the end of the day, I was the one in charge of the offense out there. Right. Well, you know, you kind of, you kind of touched on a little bit learning the passing game. I'm, I'm looking through, again, I'm looking through your bio and, 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 you're going to make a lot of guys mad because because you're a you know you're an offensive line coach and you were the run game coordinator but then you you took over as the the offensive coordinator sorry about that uh took over as the offensive coordinator and started to break all sorts of passing records so how, how did how was that transition and and not so much transition but how was it um obviously it's a lot of jimmy and joe's too but you've got to have some sort of understanding of the passing game to to really make sure that you're you're thrown for 500 yards a game yeah for sure um you know when I was it goes back to when I was a high school coach uh I first adopted like a run modified run and shoot variation and you know there when I took over as a high school coach we didn't really have the talent um on the field but we had talent in the hallway Mm -hmm. and throwing the ball really got those basketball players out, really got those guys out. Right. Um, so I kind of went through the run and shoot phase and I really liked that stuff. Um, started getting into some of the air raid, um, how mummy Mike Leach philosophies um, kind of started going that route. And then I get to Eastern Oregon and we had a top 20 rushing team. We had really big offensive linemen mauled people off the ball. Um, and that's, that's what we did there. And then, I got to Dakota Wesleyan, and I felt like we had a pretty good quarterback, some really good skill players that we could utilize the passing game. And, I, I mean, I love the air raid. And, you know, that's the – you know, you said I'm going to make a lot of offensive line coaches mad. I, I love pass protection. I love breaking down defenses and making sure that we're not taking sacks, right. all those kind of things. I love that. I still love power, and I still love inside zone and all <laughs> that kind of stuff. I still like mauling people off the ball. Yeah. Um, but I did go down the route of more um, air raid type um, passing game. But on top of that, I use a ton of RPOs at Dakota Wesleyan. Uh, my first year, I mean, every single run play had an RPO attached to it. And that really helped us out. I mean, my second ever game at Dakota Wesleyan, we had 822 yards of offense. And we were just picking them apart with – I mean, we would have a stick attached to the backside of locked inside zone and just little things like that. And right. we were picking teams apart. Um, that year, we had a quarterback that was doing a phenomenal job. About week six, he was a leading passer in the nation, and then he tore his thumb. But, you know, we kind of just used what we had. And I, I, I do like the air raid quite a bit. I would say I'm more of a Phil Longo-style air raid approach, though. Okay. We do have a lot of run game involved with it. But the RPOs kind of manufactured the passing yards, you know. Right. I believe in taking what the defense gives you. So if they're going to leave people open, we took those RPOs. And 
you know, that's really what those passing numbers came from were a lot of RPO style things. Right. Uh, that, you know, two points there. I think that's such a, such a good point that a lot of, a lot of coaches, especially younger coaches don't, don't realize is, is take what the defense gives you. Don't, don't try to, and I'm, I'm sure we we're all guilty of it. I know I, I was guilty of it when I was calling plays, but don't try to beat your head against the wall to make something happen. Take, take what they're giving you and, and take advantage of it. Um, and then the second piece is I, I, I kind of agree with you. I sort of, while it's, it's in our blood to, to love the run game, I, I think there's something poetic and, and almost like a, a ballet with, with a, a well-blocked pass play, um, you know, where the, the quarterback can kind of sit back there and take six, seven seconds, and he's not getting rushed and everything. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think – it's a lot more difficult than people make it out to be. I think mm-hmm. pass protection is very difficult. You're moving backwards with someone gaining momentum with every step. Um, there's so many more technical aspects to pass protection that you got to teach up and things like that. Right. Yeah. So my next question is kind of, and you sort of touched on it a little bit, but I kind of want to delve a little bit deeper into it. And, and, you know, you and I are in the same, same boat. And I always like to ask this question of, of guys who coached, um, high school football, especially as head coaches, and, and then moved into the college ranks. How, how was your transition for that, and what, what did you find was the biggest sort of obstacle in, um, in making that? Not necessarily making the jump, but once you made the jump. I think just, you know, um, financially making sure that you can do it. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Like everyone, you know, that's the – I mean, that's really – one of the bigger factors for me, I mean, you're going to take a pay cut at first. You're going to go probably to a lower level at the start of it. Um, and just getting used to that. Um, but you know, it wasn't really that big of a transition. You know, when I was a high school coach, I loved it. You know, um, Friday nights are awesome. Everything Mm -hmm. about it, building up kids from the scratch, you know, getting involved with the youth programs. I did a lot of those things and I really loved that stuff, but it came down to, there was only so much I felt like I could do at the high school level. And I was going around a lot of college programs and I was sitting in on their meetings and I was talking to my friends that were college coaches. I was, you know, talking to uh, coach Powell, like I talked about earlier. And really I started talking with him and he kind of is the one that kind of spurred the idea of like, Hey, you really should be getting into this college game. And that started the wheels turning. And then I took the job at Eastern Oregon there and, you know, I fell in love with the college game just because, I mean, that's when you become a college coach, that's, that's your job. Before when I was a high school coach, I was a teacher and I, I love that part too, you know, right. but that's the primary focus, you know, is the teaching part and football is kind of on the side, you know, and then the winter comes and the spring comes and, you know, I help coach wrestling and track and all that kind of stuff, but it goes on the back burner a little bit. Whereas in college, I mean, it's pretty much year round at this point, you know, right at this level and um you can dive in deeper and all those kind of things that with your players that I really fell in love with and um so the transition was pretty smooth especially going to Eastern Oregon um coach camp the head coach there I had played for so I had that um going for me and then just I knew a lot of the guys there I mean my first year back at Eastern Oregon um the offensive tackle was actually a redshirt my senior year so you know you go back to a place that has it feels like home, you know, and that, that made the transition a lot easier for me. Um, right. Yeah. You, you got kind of a lot of the same, the same reasons that, 
you and I have uh, for, for getting into the game with the, the teaching side of things. So that's, uh, I, I can respect that definitely. Um, all right, coach, I got one more question for you, and then we're going to wrap this up. And this is a question I ask everybody. So uh, you get to pick a, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen, and it can be guys, you, guys you've coached, guys you've played with, uh, or just guys you are a, a casual fan of. So give, give me your, uh, your five guys on that O-line Mount Rushmore. Ooh, that, that's a really tough one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with just the NFL guys so I don't leave off any of my own guys. Okay. I would hate that <laughs> have that happen. Um, Quinn Nelson, number one, uh, huge Quinn Nelson fan, fan, uh, love his game, love everything he's done. I think he's only going to get better. Um, after that, you got to go with probably Tyron Smith. Okay. Um, the problem is I don't want to leave guys off. Oh uh, yeah. Larry Allen, just the pure mass and physicality he brought to the game. Yeah. Uh, probably Anthony Munoz. Okay. Probably, probably have to go with a guy a little bit older, you know, haven't seen a ton of his film, but I watch his highlights and just watch how he play and kind of hear what people say about him and right. when he played and stuff like that. You know? He was, he was sort of, he was sort of one of those first finesse offensive tackles out there. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, it kind of started that trend going and, you know, I feel like I grew up in one of the best eras of offensive line play, you know, with Joe Thomas, Walter Jones, John mm-hmm. Noggin. So there's so many guys out there, you know, doing yeah. that high level. And I think I think the game's evolving at the line, especially right now. You know, you got a lot of guys like LeCharles and Duke Mannyweather and guys like that. And some of the stuff these guys are doing um, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. It, it is. And it's, it's such a good – it's such a good thing for the brand and for, for letting – kind of letting us have our own little moment of, of fame, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. And you know what you guys are doing with the hog football chat. I mean, every Monday, my wife knows what I'm doing. I'm, <laughs> I'm jumping on that. You know, the sharing of ideas is bigger than it's ever been. Yeah. Now with quarantine, I mean, the amount of coaches that I've been able to talk to in the last month that I don't think would have ever have had the time to get on a zoom meeting and talk about different schemes and stuff like that. It's, it's been pretty, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Um, all right, coach. So we're going to, we'll wrap this up. Go ahead and uh, drop your Twitter handle at the, at, when I give you the time and, and um, any other information you want these guys to know. Yeah, sounds good. Um, Twitter is at coach Inslee 77. Um, if you have any questions on anything that we're doing at USD or anything that I did when I was at Dakota Wesleyan or Eastern Oregon, um, I'm a pretty open book, so, you know, message me and uh, hopefully I can help you out some way. All right, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me today. Um, you know, good luck in all this and, and stay healthy. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome.